Welcome to this peer voice activity. To access the entire activity, including supporting material, go to www.peervoice.com forward slash QDM. This program has been supported by an independent educational grant from Gilead Sciences, Incorporated. Welcome to this peer voice panel discussion on multi-drug resistant HIV. This activity comprises two presentations featuring Professor Antonella Castagna and Dr. Charles Flexner. At any time during this presentation, you may download supporting materials and share this activity with colleagues. Hello, I'm Professor Charles Flexner from Johns Hopkins University in Baltimore in the United States. And on behalf of my colleague and friend, Professor Antonella Castagna, from Vita Salute, San Raffaele University in Milano in Italy, I would like to welcome you to our course on management of multidrug-resistant HIV. Um, we want to begin by talking about how you define what is multidrug resistance in an HIV-infected person. Uh, generally speaking, multidrug resistance is defined as HIV that contains mutations causing re reduced susceptibility to multiple classes of antiretroviral drugs. And the most common resistance that's seen is resistance to the nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors and the non-nucleoside reverse transcriptase inhibitors. But there's also resistance to protease inhibitors and increasingly resistance to integrase inhibitors. Fortunately, triple drug therapies greatly help prevent the evolution of drug resistance when they are taken as prescribed. And that prevents the subsequent rounds of treatment failure that lead to the acquisition of an increasing number of single drug resistance mutations. Um, Antonella, I don't know if you wanna to add to that. Yes, Charlie, um, I just to want to add that um, um, the definition of multidrug resistance sometimes is a controversial. Sometimes we consider patient resistance with two classes, patients with resistance to three classes. I mean that one other important uh, term is to define people with limited treatment option. Excellent. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Very important. We all realize that the difficulty with adherence drives the development of resistance to uh, uh, anti-HIV drugs in most patients. But there are other factors that can affect the patient's ability to adhere to, uh, to their anti-HIV medicine that we need to consider. And the first of those is tolerability whether or not the patient is having adverse reactions or side effects with their current regimen or difficulty swallowing. Mental and physical comorbidities, particularly mental illness, affect uh, the patient's ability to adhere. And there could be socioeconomic factors like unstable housing, um, the inability to, uh, uh, to access transportation for clinic appointments, difficulty with medication cost uh, or procurement, for example, driven by private uh, payers or uh, government payers. And finally, high pill burden and dosing frequency also can make it more difficult to adhere to the prescribed regimen. 
So Antonella, in addition to the factors that I just went through, do you want to talk about other um, issues that may contribute to virologic failure? Yeah, I think that considering virological failure as the presence of two consecutive say of HIV RNA greater than 200 copies ml, I think this is very important. There are many factors that can cause virological failure. We can have uh, virus-related causes, uh, such as pre-art HIV RNA level, drug resistance. We can have uh, treatment-related causes, such as virological potency or genetic barrier to resistance of the drug we are using, and also pharmacokinetics and drug interaction. Yeah, excellent. I, I think those are all good points. We also need to think about what the patient's Nader CD4 count was and what their disease stage was at the time they initiated therapy and at the time they failed. Um, I want to move now to how you choose a regimen for a patient with multidrug resistant uh, HIV. And this is perhaps the most difficult but most important aspect of management. Um, you have to consider the prior history of antiretroviral uh, uh, prescribing and the number of options the patient has remaining. Uh, clearly, the fewer available options, the harder it is going to be to find a successful regimen for the patient. Um, we need to think about how we're going to test for resistance, um, including looking for archived mutations. We need to worry about possible drug-drug interactions with the new regimen, um, the presence or absence of chronic hepatitis B virus infection, because many of the uh, uh, agents that we would use in a salvage situation um, or for multidrug resistant HIV do not have anti-HBV activity. Um, we need to also talk to the patient about their individual preferences. And now the most important question is injectable um, or intravenous antiretroviral drugs versus continued uh, oral drugs. Um, and most particularly, if the patient has failed their HIV regimen because of non-adherence, um, are we sure that they're going to be able to solve that problem with the new regimen, the salvage regimen, and be able to, um, uh, to take that drug uh, continuously as prescribed? Antonella, let's talk a little bit about how you test for clinically significant drug resistance mutations. Um, what are the most common testing, uh, 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 laboratory testing uh, uh, analyses that we use, and what are their pros and their cons? Of course, the evaluation of burden of resistance is very important. Now we have uh, the possibility to use uh, the Sanger uh, test based on the Stanford University HIV drug resistance database that is uh, the most used um, genotype test in order to evaluate resistance. We know that uh, the possibility to have results uh, is um, linear with the magnitude of viral load, but I think that when a patient is uh, above 200 copies, we need to test uh, the genotype in order to have results. Results about the previous drug classes, one other, one other point we have to make is that for the new drugs, we still do not have tools for evaluating 
if we have to evaluate resistance mutation to, near, to the new drugs. And this, I think, it's a really will be really important for the future management of this patient. So um, there are treatment guidelines developed by the important organizations that um, help us make decisions about treatment choice. Uh, there are both the American guidelines from the Department of Health and Human Services, or the DHHS, and there are the European guidelines, the EACS guidelines. Um, and uh, both of these guidelines recommend at least the two fully active drugs for a patient with multidrug resistant uh, HIV. And in the absence of more commonly used drug classes to which the patient has some sensitivity um, to consider some of the newer drugs, including investigational drugs when available. So um, uh, Antonella, do you wanna mention any important differences between uh, prescribing based on guidelines in the U.S. and in Europe? Yeah, I think that the crucial points are there in both guidelines. You use at least two and preferably three active drugs. Perhaps the X guidelines outline the importance of having all the history of resistant mutation. Another point to me is that uh, the possibility to build a new regimen depends also on the access to these new drugs. And sometimes uh, we have a situation or countries where the new drugs are still not available. So let's talk about some of the drugs that would be useful for patients with multidrug resistant HIV. There are three newly approved and available drugs that we often think about in this setting. Um, the first is ibolizumab, which is uh, an HIV attachment inhibitor. It is a monoclonal antibody that's given by intravenous infusion every two weeks. It's approved in both the United States and Europe, although its availability uh, in Europe is um, uh, perhaps not very widespread. Um, Fostemzivir is an oral drug uh, it is also an attachment inhibitor that uh, is approved in both the United States and Europe. Um, the, uh, that drug is, um, uh, unfortunately, uh, an oral drug that has to be given twice daily, but for individuals who need it, it's a very valuable part of salvage therapy and is often quite effective. So, uh, Antonella, the newest drug that we might be thinking about for this patient population is lenacapavir. Do you want to say a little bit about that drug? Yes, lenacapavir is the first in-class uh, protein capsid inhibitor we have. And I think that the results of Capella study show clearly that the potency of this drug at the week 52, we have the 78% of participants with undetectable viral and I think it's very uh, important, very unusual, very new finding about this drug. The lenacapavir is uh, prescribed as a subcutaneous injection preceded by oral pills given on day one, two, and date prior to the first injection. And that is, it has been approved both uh, from FDA and EMA in uh, 2022. There are countries in Europe that are still waiting 
for the drug such Italy, but I think that uh, it will be an important option because of the mechanism and because of the formulation. Yes, I agree. And the every six month dosing is uh, quite attractive in uh, patients who have difficulty with adherence to daily oral therapy. So in terms of their safety and tolerability, I think the good news about all three of those drugs is their safety and tolerability profile is really quite excellent. Uh, there is some gastrointestinal uh, toxicity reported with all three of those drugs, including a diarrhea and nausea, but uh, most patients tolerate these drugs quite well with very little in the way of side effects. Because lenacapavir is given subcutaneously, there are reports of um, local injection site reactions. But again, uh, those are mild and most patients uh, tolerate those quite well. So to summarize, the management of people with multidrug-resistant HIV is challenging and requires assessment of key factors, including their past antiretroviral treatments, resistance mutations, including archive mutations, comorbidities and co-infections, as well as individual preferences, adherence issues, and tolerability. It's crucial that prior to designing a new antiretroviral regimen for such patients, both the historical and current resistance genotype are examined. Fortunately, there are new treatment options for people with multidrug-resistant HIV, and that includes ibilizumab, fostemzivir, and linacapavir. These are drugs with novel mechanisms of action, and the resistance profile for these drugs is still being researched. Professor Castagna and I would like to thank you for watching, and please join us at the upcoming session where we will discuss a real case scenario of a patient with multidrug-resistant HIV. Hello, I'm Professor Antonella Castagna from Vita Salute San Raffaele University in Milan, Italy. And I'm very pleased to have here my colleague and friend, Professor Charlie Flexner from John Oxy University in Baltimore, U.S., join me in this discussion. In this second part, we will discuss a real case scenario of multidrug resistance HIV. Let's start with Elena. Elena uh, is a 59 years old, highly treatment experienced woman. He got AIDS in 1994 with the PML, um, and uh, he has a complex story, uh, including hysterectomy due to the cervical carcinoma and concomitant ACV infection, fortunately treated with effective drugs. Now she lives alone. She received on care because of psychomotor neurological deficit. He has a problem with alcohol and he is receiving methadone and drugs for correcting dyslipidemia. Elena has a long exposure to antiretroviral drugs, many drugs, and uh, uh, she came in September 2022 uh, while receiving darunavir, ritonavir, plus vectegravir. And so the first time, her viral load was detectable and the detectability of the viral load was confirmed on October 2022. So we need to discuss with the patient and uh, within us how to do, um, what to do now. So Charlie, 
uh, Elena was complaining about IP burden twice a day, administration, and poor adherence. What do we do? I think, uh, Professor Castagna, at this point, it's time to order a resistance test. I think a genotypic resistance testing would be the standard intervention at this point, and that's what I would do, recognizing that um, her viral load is still less than 200 copies per milliliter, and there could be some issues with amplification, but in most cases, we would be able to amplify a patient like this. I completely agree with Professor Flexen, and these are the results. In this case, we tried to apply both the historical genotype and the next generation sequence genotype on the sample obtained on October 22. And the, as you can see, we can have a very limited option in this patient. And uh, we have to decide how to, how to build the new regimen. So we don't have uh, guidelines to help us uh, in managing this difficult case. Uh, and uh, regarding the Elena option, uh, we can have different options. The first is not changing therapy, only close monitoring the patient, wait and watch. Uh, Professor Flexner, would you comment on this option? Well, given Elena's history, the fact that she's failed so many prior antiretroviral drugs and she's clearly failed yet again, um, I don't think that's a very good treatment option here. I think she needs a new regimen and a change of course. I agree. The second option could be to perform therapeutic drug monitoring to guide treatment. In many centers, we don't have the possibility to have a, a TDM um, um, really available. But uh, Elena was complaining about the drug pill burden, the BID uh, administration, the difficulty to maintain this regimen. So I don't lose. I wouldn't lose time to, in order to do the therapeutic drug monitoring. Yeah, I agree with that, Antonella. Yeah, the the third hypothesis could be to intensify current therapy simply adding something, for instance, an LRTI backbone on a, a old drug belonging to the drug classes uh, she was resistant. What do you think, Charlie? Again, I, I, I think simply uh, uh, playing with the NRTI backbone is unlikely to get you very far with a patient like this. I think she's going to need a better anchor regimen. Unless uh, if there was a situation where you were worried about covering hepatitis B virus. But uh, I, do, I do think uh, needing a new anchor regimen is the way to go here. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. Uh, option, another option may be to build a new regimen, simply recycling drugs with the residual antiviral activity. And sometimes we have to do it because we don't have new drugs on the horizon. In this case, perhaps uh, donitegravir and doravirib may be used as a part of the background therapy, but I think that we need to use the new drugs with a new mechanism of action uh, in order to achieve, once again, undetectability. What do you think to adding to this therapy a new drug with a new mechanism of action? I think that's going to be the way to go. 
my one note of caution is that uh, Elena has already complained about having to take pills twice a day. And if you used dietegravir in this situation, it would be a 50 milligram twice a day dose. Um, and the same applies to fostemzavir, which is also a twice daily oral drug. But uh, I think she has other options available to her. If I can add, I think that an important part is the discussion with, patient, with the patient about the new regimen. And uh, we can now propose uh, to Elena drugs uh, like lenacapavir that has the possibility to be received twice in a year. And of course, it would be appealing for the patient and to understand which drug to associate to lenacapavir in order to achieve once again undetectability based on the results we, we, we have observed with the lenacapavir. Yes, absolutely. I think lenacapavir would be an excellent consideration for a patient like this. Again, going back to the requirement to get the patient's buy-in before switching to an injectable regimen. Thank you, Charlie. Um, so I would like to summarize uh, notes from this clinical case. We know that treatment management of people with multidrug-resistant HIV is challenging. Treatment options need to be examined on case by case based on the clinical history of the patient, the preference of the patient, and all the genotype-resistant mutations observed. Uh, we have now emerging treatment options that can offer the possibility to overcome issues related to drug-drug interaction and drug-resistant mutations. And also we have emerging treatment option that may also reduce the burden of stigma because of multiple pill intake or difficulty in swallowing pills. Uh, I believe at the last point that a multidisciplinary approach that includes HIV specialists, virologists, pharmacologists um, is recommended when managing people with multidrug resistance because the goal, the ultimate goal, is to achieve undetectability and maintain undetectability even in this patient. I would like to thank you, my colleague, Professor Flexen, uh, all of you for watching this case. Thanks, Antonella. Thanks, everyone. This has been an activity published by Pure Voice.